Welcome back to the Country Lineup Podcast with me, Sophia Franklin. This is the only podcast where some of the biggest names in country music creates a dream festival lineup with four fictional stages. My co-host and partner in crime, Tim Protty-Jones, is away this week as we talk all things live music. And whilst I may be flying solo, we have a great guest that is bringing the cool vibes and endless southern energy. Born in Western Kentucky, his upbringing working with the farming family business, absorbing country music from the comfort of his tractor, he found a talent that is seeing him make some serious moves within the scene, creating some unbelievable new music and now supporting Dustin Lynch on tour. Before that, he opened for Riley Green, Hardy, Lanco, Chris Lane and many, many more and has always done so with a bottle of Jack in hand. You'll soon hear more about that. It's Sean Stemmerly. The Country Lineup with Sophia Franklin and Tim Protty-Jones. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. We are super pumped to have you here. Uh, Firstly, whereabouts in the world are you right now and where are you joining us from? Well, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee right now. Um, I'm flying out to Florida tomorrow. I'm just pretty much everywhere around America, you know, hopefully to other countries at some point. But, you know, we just... We touring and and just put out my first album, so it's been busy with that stuff and and uh, just trying to keep up with the social media world, which is a job in itself. And then been trying to raise been trying to raise raise a new bird dog, so that's had my hands full as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's been busy. Oh, do you know what? I saw I had a little look on your Twitter earlier, and you have the cutest new puppy. Oh, thank you, thank you. He's a uh, he's taking a nap right now. <laughs> Thank God, because <laughs> he's he's a little bit oh. more anxious. So, oh. but I appreciate that. Yeah, he's he's gonna be a good one. Oh, absolutely. Well, you have got quite a story, quite a journey within country music, and we will no doubt um, talk about your new album and touring as we go through this. But how are you feeling about creating your very own kind of country music festival lineup? Because it's a lot of different stages. It's not something you may have done before because you're normally performing on the stages, not actually, you know, thinking of the acts to go on them. So how are you feeling about this endeavor? I enjoyed it just because, you know, I like I like to support artists that I believe in. And uh, it was cool whenever whenever my manager asked me, you know, like, you know, for this podcast, we got to choose, you know, what you the artist you choose for this stage and that stage. I'm like, OK, that's kind of different, you know, uh, but I, I it. it had me thinking a bunch. Just sitting there thinking about, you know, who I'd put on a main stage, who I'd put on an up-and-coming stage. I thought that was a pretty cool angle that y'all do on that. Wicked. Well, uh, let's get to it, shall we? And start with our first stage, which is the saloon session stage. So this is a stage which is essentially highlighting, as we've said, new music, new artists, because everyone needs that help in hand, right? No, no doubt you've been that guy who has been sort of brought on tour with people and and given that stage as an opportunity. Absolutely. So if you could put somebody on the saloon session stage, who would your first artist be? I chose Tristan Merez. Um Oh, nice. He's out of Texas. He lives in uh, in Nashville, but he's out of Texas, and he's he's a really really good artist and a super good guy and good to hang out with. He's super fun, and I've been a, a fan of his for a couple of years now. So I I thought that he should have the up and coming recognition or or whatever, and that, that's why I chose him. So talk me through his music and how did you guys meet? Um, his music is very like red dirt, I'd say, um, as we call it, but it, it's on the Texas side of things. You know, it's like um, 
like the the Wade Bowen type stuff and like the um, you know Cody Johnson type angle. But his voice is just very unique. Um, he's got a, a unique look. He's got a great band. He's super lively on the stage, which is very important these days. Mm. And um, me and him met at um, Red Door in Nashville. It's a bar called Red Door that a lot of the uh, country artists hang out at. And I've been listening to his music a little bit and we Ended up taking a couple shots together, drinking a couple beers, and we've been buddies ever since. <laughs> That's how all good stories start, right? Better music, better shots, <laughs> and a good time. <laughs> well, absolutely. That's, everybody meets it. You either meet your best buddy at Red Door or Losers, either one. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm coming to Nashville this summer, and I'm going to have to hang out at these places and, and take your advice, because that sounds like the best way to start some new friendships for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love to have you over there. It's it's good because tourists don't know much about those. So it's just like industry people. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because when you're on the inside, you must be hanging out at these different bars and, you know, these these kind of unknown places that are, are for industry people. So we, we might be spoiling a big secret here, but um, yeah. it, it's kind of those places where you can you can experience new music and you can get to know each other. And that must be really important when you're on your own journey as well as a musician. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... One of the first things that I learned whenever I moved to this town was your network is your net worth. And you can you can be the best singer and songwriter in the world, but if you don't know anybody and, and you ain't willing to make friends with people, then you ain't going to go nowhere in this industry. So, um, you know, going out and networking and, and building your, your network and your, and your songwriters that you want to write with, building that up is literally the most important thing in, in this industry, in my opinion. Yeah. How long have you been in Nashville? I moved here in July of 2017, so four, almost four years. Right, okay, so a few years now. And, and and where are you from? Tell me about your 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 roots. So I was born in Madisonville, Kentucky. It's in, like smack dab in the middle of western Kentucky. And um, I was kind of raised there in a town called Newburgh, Indiana, um, right on the river on the Kentucky line right there. So um, I kind of was raised in both states. I went to high school in, in Evansville, Indiana. Um, grew up around there. It's all, you know, river bottoms and stuff down there and grew up working on multiple different farms for different farmers. And, and I was a heavy equipment operator for my dad's company, um, that he has in in Indiana. So I Mm. just grew up on tractors, um, and, you know, just stereotypical country stuff, but I mean, that's just how it was, but (laughs) yeah, super, um, rural upbringing, I guess you could say. Yeah. And with that, I guess, came the sort of traditional country music influences as well, which leads us perfectly uh, onto our second stage, which is the Hall of Fame. So this is all about those traditional country music artists, you know, the real, true, greats, the epics, the ones that everyone knows when you say country music and they can... Think back to the ones that, you know, the stalwarts of the era and and have really paved the way for, for new country music. For sure. So if you could pick anyone and Sean, they could be dead or alive. So we have some serious power in this festival. Logistically, we don't quite know how that will work. But um, they did that hologram thing with Tupac. So anything's possible. Exactly. Exactly. We are following that <laughs> that guy. So who would you put on the Hall of Fame stage? I chose Brooks and Dunn. Nice. They were a huge influence on why I even started singing in the first place. Ronnie Dunn is my favorite um, vocalist of all time, pretty much. So um, in any genre, just Mm. 
their songs are authentic. They're super talented. And, and, you know, that's, that's how I got my start in singing was singing along to Brooks and Dunn songs in the cab of a tractor. So they're, uh, they're pretty much the reason that I, that I do this. So that's why I chose them. And they're still killing it as well, because, you know, they, they had that, um, collaboration with Luke Combs a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, they did a whole entire album of collaborations with all those old songs. And they had like Thomas Rhett, Luke Combs, Casey Musgraves was in there. She, she did uh, neon moon with, Ronnie Dunn, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. How did I forget that? I'm a big Casey Musgraves fan. <laughs> so what are your other influences, Sean? What what else did you grow up listening to? Who are big um, kind of uh, idols for you within country music? I mainly grew up on rock, I'd say, for the most part. You know, it was Van Halen, Motley Crue, um, Ariel Speedwagon, Bon Jovi, um, you know, Allison Chains, Ozzy Osbourne, just all that stuff. My, both my parents pretty much listened to nothing but that. And I kind of got into country on my own whenever I was about 15 years old. Um, you know, started listening to, to the Justin Moores of the world and then dug deeper into the nineties era and into, into Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn, you know, Tracy Lawrence, all those guys. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I mainly just, I mainly grew up on rock, honestly. Really? I wasn't expecting you to say that with your roots. I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you can, you can, uh, be an attractor and listen to anything, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's true. I don't know. That's just, that's just, uh, what it was, you know, both my parents grew up in the golden era. Did you end up going to see country music then when like live, did you go to country shows or, or was it kind of just hearing it, you know, whilst working? Um, I never really had a whole lot of time for concerts. Um, I, my dad made me work a lot. Mm. So really, my whole entire life was working and hunting and fishing pretty much. <laughs> uh, I never had a spring break. I never had a summer break or anything. I'm, I'm glad it's like that now. You know, back then I was pissed off about it. But, <laughs> you know, I'm glad it was like that. It taught me a lot, you know. My first concert that I ever went to was Blake Shelton. I was 16 years old. Wow. And uh, Blake Shelton had a free concert in Evansville, Indiana, to film his uh, All About Tonight music video. And, uh, yeah, that was my first one because it was free. I, that's all I could afford. <laughs> oh my gosh so talk me through that what was that like it was awesome i love blake sheldon he's he's been one of my top artists i've listened to for the past eight to ten years so i mean i i love blake and that was it was a super good show and you know back then i didn't really do anything with music so i didn't take it from that perspective um of like being like him one day or whatever but it was a cool experience just seeing how for the first time how concerts work and being at one and listening to somebody live for once. Yeah. Have you got an idea then touring? Cause you've, I'm just reading here. You've hit the road with Riley Green, Hardy, Justin Moore, and so many other names. Have you now kind of developed an idea of what makes a good show in your eyes? You know, having not grown up watching many gigs or being at, at many gigs, what makes a good show for you now as a, as an adult, as someone in the industry as well? Um, you know, I started this whole thing just from from literally grassroots from nothing, and you know I I wanted to make sure that the stage presence thing was not you know completely amateur. By the time I got a record deal, if I was going to get a record deal, you know I didn't know back then. So mm. you know I I made a fake management account, <laughs> and I would hit up venues all over the Midwest, and you know just hit them up until until they said yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. I learned that lesson from a buddy of mine here and, uh, you know, it worked on a couple of venues and every venue that, that had us wanted us back. And we eventually started making a living off playing gigs, you know, cause 
whenever I moved here, I, I said I didn't want to do anything else but play music because I gave up a really good paying job to be here. You know, it's not like the, the typical, yeah. like I was broke whenever I moved here. You know, I gave up a guaranteed good, good life to be here. Um, so I was like, if I'm moving, I'm going to play music. And those long gigs right there was, that was the biggest blessing that I could have possibly had, you know, before I got into the, the bigger leagues of this stuff, you know, it was so many, you know, errors that we had to fix on stage, you know, without people knowing it was just mistakes and, and songs that we should play songs that we shouldn't play a lot of trial and error. And, um, you know, in my opinion, the, uh, the most important part about a live show is just the energy that you put out because the crowd feeds off that. If you got bad energy, they're going to have bad energy. If you got good energy, they're going to have good energy. So, um, it's, it's really all about the energy. That is an amazing story. I love that. That, like you say, it's so not the typical story and it just shows that you were willing to kind of graft and think differently and and create those opportunities for yourself because it's so hard to get that break these days and, and get that time on stage. It is. It is. And, you know, all you, all you got to do in country music, I don't know about any other genre because I've never been involved in any other genre, but in country music, all you got to do is be good at your craft and be a good person. That's all you got to do. And it, and if you do those two things, then you'll succeed. I mean, it's it's really that simple. And hopefully just, you know, right place, right time. Yeah, I mean, you, you go out to, you know, if I was to go out to Red Door and I'm, you know, Dustin Lynch happened to have been there. And I'm like, hey, man, blah, blah, like sit down and just talk to him. And, you know, he's a good guy. He, I remember the first time I ever talked to him, he, he didn't know who the heck I was. And he said he talked to me for mm. minutes. So, I mean, it's it's really just a big supportive community for the most part here. And um, it, it's a super good industry to be in. And I'm, I'm super blessed to be as far as I am. You sound like you've got a very um, grounded view of the world. And I, I think that is probably because of your upbringing and, and your, um, you know, grit and, and um, experience of just working hard and, and no doubt being quite humble with it. Do you think that's the key, you know, which sometimes people maybe, I don't know, get too big for their boots, but actually just to be, just to kind of treat people as people, as you say, and and just be nice and have conversations. That seems to be doing great wonders for you because you've been having an absolute blinder and you're about to have an even better 2022. Yeah. I mean, you're right. That's pretty much, you know, with anything in life, not even just music, if you're a good person, you know, that that's going to come back to you. So you know, if you're a bad person, that's also going to come back to you in, in some type of way eventually. So, I mean, anybody that is in this industry that is an asshole to people, it always backfires on them. Always. Um, <laughs> so you just you just keep your keep your nose to the ground and and do your thing and stay in your lane and work. Don't compare yourself to other people and and just be a good person well listen Sean you are absolutely proving that that works so we can all take that with us um going forward in our own journeys because you are doing some amazing things in the industry 
now we're going to go on to the country crossroads stage. So this can be any genre. And this is my favorite stage on the podcast because it throws up some really interesting answers. Um, And it's just an act from any genre that has significantly influenced your music or you as an artist. So like we've mentioned rock, or it could be another genre, or it could be country, I guess. But who would be your country crossroads artist? Uh, I chose Post Malone. Oh, nice. He has rock background and country background. Like he likes, he likes rock music and country music both. And, you know, he has Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings tattooed on his fingers. (laughs) So, I mean, it's his style of music kind of changed the game and hip hop and, and a lot of country artists, you know, follow his songwriting techniques as well. Just like the cadences and the flows of things and, he kind of changes the game in, in a lot of different genres. So I, I think that would be the, the coolest one to do the crossroads stage, in my opinion. Is he somebody you would love to collaborate with if you could? Absolutely. I don't know if there's anybody that wouldn't love to. He's, uh, <laughs> he's an awesome artist. That is so true. So, have, you, um, have you collaborated with anyone, Sean? Is that something you've done? Have you kind of got together with someone outside of country music and, and given songwriting a go? I've written with like pop writers, mm-hmm. but... As far as like artists go, not really, not yet. I mean, that's definitely something that's going to happen at some point, especially being a big loud because that's just what we do there. Um, we do a lot of different collaborations and a lot of different genres. So yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I've been so focused on trying to get this album done the past two years, and you know, just focusing on my projects. And I would like to be involved in other people's stuff and other genres as well at some point as a songwriter because that's I love to write songs and. Sometimes the songs I write aren't for me personally. Sometimes they're for other people. And, you know, that's something that I definitely would like to do in the, in the near future. Let's, um, let's talk about that album, because as you say, it's been such a big project for you. Um, and it's amazing. Product of a Small Town is the album. You've got a single of the same name on it. And you've had a number of hit songs leading up to this. How has that project been? And how do you feel now that it's out there to the world? Um, it, you know, it's been it's been a grind, you know, getting it finally to the point where we can mm. release an album just because the COVID stuff going on. They, you know, the label didn't want me to put out my first project whenever COVID was going on because we can't tour with it. You know, that's kind of the goal. You want to put out a yeah. project and then tour for a year at least with it. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a, an uphill battle, but it it definitely was worth it. We, we stuck to it and and kept our nose to the grindstone and, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's finally out and the reactions are way more than I thought they would be. It's, it's been, it's been really cool seeing reactions to, to just people in the industry and then fans and, and, you know, even my family and friends, just, it's, it's been a, a cool thing to, to see people, you know, enjoy it and, you know, the songs that, that influence them, people relating to the songs that I write. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, you've been getting like millions of hits on Spotify and, you know, Come Back to Bed was kind of the hot, you know, the hot single for you that has kind of thrust you forward as well. 41 million streams on Spotify. You must be sat there going, okay, this, this is kind of paying off. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect that with that song because it was so out of my, my comfort zone at the time as a writer and as an artist, both. Right. And, uh, you know, from the start, me and my producer have always said that we want to kind of do the Aldine thing, but in our own way, you know, just kind of mix rock with country and, 
And he's like, well, we need a burn it down type song. He's like, Jason's got that burn it down stuff. It worked really well. And, mm. and I was like, all right, well, that's going to be really different to write for me. Um, cause I'm, I don't express myself like that too much in songs. Um, but we wrote mm-hmm. that, I turned it into the, to the label and they were all like, we have to cut this. So, and then, and I didn't expect anything to happen oh. with it. And, and it just blasted off right from the start and it really hasn't slowed down a whole lot. So that song has been a, a big part of my career for sure. I mean, it's, it's my first gold record. Um, it's getting certified gold this year. And, you know, it'll be my first gold plaque on the wall. So it's, wow. uh, that song is, has been, has been a big part of my career for sure. Well, we love it. It's, it's great. And no doubt product of a small town as an album is just going to absolutely thrive as it already is, but go from strength to strength. Are you going to be taking it out on tour? Are you touring at the moment or are you kind of just waiting to get back on the road fully? No, I mean, we're, we're, uh, playing pretty consistent shows. You know, we've been headlining for the past about a month now. Um, and then we're going to be with Dustin Lynch for about three months. So we're really looking forward to that. We, we love his camp and we love his, him and his music and it's, it's going to be super fun. So we're going to be with him on the party mode tour. Nice. That is exactly how you name a tour. <laughs> kind of a funny story. And I'll make it, I'll make it shorter than it, than it really is. But we played a show with him in Virginia and, me and the band sometimes whenever we're playing festivals, especially we'll be up there with a bottle of Jack Daniels and we'll pass it around and just take pulls off of it and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, cause most of my band guys are rock guys. So they, they kind of come from that world and, and they, they play, they play like that too. You know, they, they have the same stage presence. So we're up here, we're up here taking pulls off Jack Daniels. Like we got off the stage and one of Dustin's yeah. guys come up to me. He's like, man, was that Jack, like, was that real Jack Daniels that y'all were, like, drinking? I was like, yeah, why? It's like, how do y'all stay, like, in time and everything while you're doing that? Blah, blah, We're just like, man, we do this all the time. I don't know. It's just what we do. And then Dustin Lynch comes up to me, and and he he asked me if there was sweet tea in that Jack bottle. And I was like, I was like, Dustin, I ain't, I ain't going to lie to you. I don't even like sweet tea. I might be the only <laughs> country person that don't like sweet tea. And um, he, was like, he was like, wow, man. Holy crap. Like, that's y'all sounded really good, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I don't think there's a coincidence that he called a tour party mode and he's having us being direct support for it. I'm pretty sure that's how that came about. I haven't gotten really talking about it yet, but I'm pretty sure. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that, that works for me. I mean, having the having that influence and being like, do you know why Dustin Lynch's tour is called that? That's because of us. <laughs> Whether it's true or not, we can take the Jack Daniels. You need a Jack Daniels sponsorship. Hey, I'm... Being from Kentucky, I got to get that Kentucky bourbon sponsorship. One of those companies, that Jack Daniels, that's made in Tennessee. That's true. My family might disown me if I get a sponsorship <laughs> from them. We're going to get onto the final stage now, um, which is the main stage, and I really don't know where you're going to go with this because you have such. Um, a wide music taste in the country scene, but such a good music taste. So I'm excited to hear which uh, person you put on. And this uh, stage, the main stage, is kind of the the big person of the country music world today. So with so many and so much talent, who would be your absolute ultimate country music headliner right now that beats the rest when on stage for your main stage headliner, Sean? Uh, I chose Tyler Childers. I mean, people call him Americana, but it is old school country. That's what it is. Absolutely. And, um, you know, 
it just if you listen to the dynamics of the songs and and how he writes and everything, it's country music. It's just people just classify it as Americana just because it doesn't have a a, a track beat in it, you know. Mm. So um, he's and he's my favorite artist. He he has been for a long time and and a huge influence on on songwriting. You know, he's inspired me so much as a songwriter just because he's so dang good at it. And you know, I I went to his live show in Knoxville. And I listened to him play live, and it was just exactly like the record. And everything was, you know, all of his band is still is still wired. Like, they all run solid wires, you know, which nobody does anymore. Yeah. Everybody runs wireless. They're just super old school, and, and everything is just, like, as country music should be. So, um, in my opinion, that's that's who would be my main act. Wow, what an absolutely incredible lineup. You have thrown some real artists on there. I mean, Brooks and Dunn for me, I would be front and center for that one <laughs> because they are just awesome. You obviously know what it is like to be on 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 stage and on tour and have created such a good festival lineup for us. But can we expect you soon, Sean, in the UK? I hope so. I would love to come over there. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. I haven't heard anything about this year about it, but maybe next year. I mean, we're going to have to at some point because, you know, I, I see the the Spotify numbers and I can see where people listen. And, you know, I, I get a lot of the, the Europe stuff in there, surprisingly. You know, there's even like Norway. I have high numbers in Norway, which is crazy to me. But, um, you know, I've, I've never gotten to, to cross the pond, I think is, is how y'all say it. I don't, I don't, <laughs> is that what y'all call it, the pond? Yeah. The only time I've ever been out of the, out of the United States is I went to Mexico. So I'm, I'm down to I'm down to travel anywhere. So yeah, I'm hopefully we'll uh, be booking that, you know, within the next year or two and and see what y'all are all about over there. Well, Sean Stemley, we have been honored to have you with us on the Country Lineup podcast. Thank you so much. And we can't wait to see you cross the pond. If not 2022, then definitely 2023. We must make that happen. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate y'all. This has been a really fun one, honestly. This has been really cool. So thank you for having me. And, and I appreciate the support and, and y'all liking the music. Thank you so much. Subscribe to The Country Lineup wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes every two weeks. The Country Lineup from Countryline.